Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. That whenever and wherever you happen to be on this bright blue planet we live on right now, I hope that you are able to start thinking positively about your future and all the mighty adventures you want to go on someday. I want you to make a list of all the places in the world you have not yet visited and all the places you want to travel to. Yeah, there's a method to my madness and this very much dovetails in nicely with staying in your home during the COVID-19 crisis. (laughs) You don't have to leave your home. And I'm not encouraging any kind of travel. Not even a little bit. But I want you to write down all the places in the world you want to visit, see, food you want to taste and experience, cultures you want to learn more about, spiritual belief systems that have got you intrigued. And after you've made this list, and it might be an extremely long list, or it might just be two or three things. Maybe you're interested in the Kung Fu masters and uh, Buddhists in China. Maybe you're interested in the Maori tribe. Maybe you're interested in Native American culture in the United States. Maybe you really can't wait to visit the Nordic countries because you want to learn more about Odin and all of the Norse gods. Maybe you want to go to Greece and see all the ancient ruins and statues built for all the Greek gods. Maybe that's your spirituality and you can't wait to dive into philosophy. Maybe it's India that calls your soul. Maybe you wish to go Visit all the places where Paramahansa Yogananda-ji walked. Maybe you want to visit the sex temples of India. Or maybe you want to go try to find that all-elusive, powerful, and wonderful master, Mahavatar Babaji. So no matter where it is in the world that you feel a pull to go to, for me, I... I'm drawn to all those places and I'm also drawn mostly to stay in Ecuador. And I don't really know why, because I haven't really seen the spirituality that I like to visit places, you know, to see more of it. But there's something about this place for me that makes me feel more alive, more balanced 
and I feel like I can help better heal the world from where I sit. And I don't really know why, but God told me, go to Ecuador and stay there. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, and now that what's happened in the world has happened in the world, I'm so very, very grateful that God has saved me. Because I, I wanted to buy a house in Lombardy in Italy. And I also thought it'd be so nice someday to go maybe buy a tiny village an abandoned medieval village in Spain. And I've considered Barcelona and Madrid. All the places I've wanted to go, and, and most recently Chiang Mai, Thailand, is I wanted to go live there for six months. I actually have a girlfriend that lives over there. I met her in Peru when she was on vacation. And I want to go get my degree in um, Thai massage someday. Because I want to be able to give people Thai massages when I open up my spiritual retreat center, which is what God told me to do here in Ecuador, to bring spirituality here. And God saved me that one too. There's a massive fire in Chiang Mai right now. So I was told just to stay here, (laughs) but I have a list of places that someday I cannot wait to go and visit. I want to go to Bali in Indonesia and I want to go to Thailand and I definitely want to see Tokyo. I just feel like I can't live without seeing places like Hong Kong and Tokyo and Vietnam and different parts of Asia. And, you know, Australia is on the list, New Zealand. I just want to see the whole world. But we can't travel right now, right? I can't even go out of my apartment right now. But I can and so can you look at all the travel videos on YouTube you can watch all of the features of the place you want to go to you can get books and documentaries of places as well and that might be something fun for you to do while you're sitting home not doing much else We're all kind of in this forced quarantine situation and some of us aren't. I mean, there's 14 or no, 16 states in the United States that are not even considering uh, doing a quarantine yet. I guess thousands of people have to die first before they consider it. I don't get it. Truly, I don't get it. But if you are smart, you're self-quarantining in spite of what the legislation is asking of you. I mean, that's what's flattening the curve. Now, I just, there's so much news coming. I just don't even want to talk to you guys about it right now because I said I'm going to try to stay away from this topic, right? But we are all stuck in this situation and we're all stuck at home. And I was thinking today about this, you know, what about the adventures that we all wanted to go on? So there you go. I want you guys to try and visit three countries this week in the next week just try to visit three countries that you always wanted to visit in real life and maybe you didn't have the time or the money or or when you had the time and the money you didn't have the inclination to go and just look at all the cool aspects of that place and if you are really into um, 
museums, go on YouTube and check out videos that people have taken from all the museums in the cities you're interested in going to. Even though people aren't allowed to take recordings of places, eh, they still do. Now, what if your thing was roller coasters? This is something my son and I've done a lot. We've, we've, um, gone to Universal Studios and Disneyland and Disney World and all kinds of amusement parks with amazing roller coasters as well as imaginative rides. And we sit on our couch here in Ecuador and we turn down the lights and we turn on videos and we'll do a playlist. We'll start with the first one and pause it and then we'll have a huge playlist and we put ourselves in a mindset that we're really truly there. And we have a pretty big TV. It's not ours. We are in a fully furnished apartment here. We're watching all the rides of all the places. One day we did Harry Potter World. We went on all the rides in Harry Potter World because people put videos of them up. At Christmas time, we really missed Christmas lights. So we went through various neighborhoods in Los Angeles and throughout California and watched um, everyone's decorations because people post videos of this stuff. During the Rose Parade, we sat on the couch and we watched every hour of the Rose Parade hours after it was over because we woke up late on New Year's Day. But you could visit anywhere you want. There are even live camps. Maybe you want, you wished you could be a creature in the sea and you wanted to watch the California kelp forest and all the bright orange Garibaldi that swim in and out. And Garibaldis, they look like giant goldfish but they're bright orange. And there's actually water, um, underwater cameras where you are like you're in the water submersed watching as nature unfolds itself before your eyes. Sometimes the, the fish get curious about the camera and they come right up and try to eat the algae off the camera. It's adorable. Maybe you live in a hot place and you really wish you could cool off. Well, there's cameras on YouTube that have snowstorms going on right now. You could watch the snow fall. Maybe you're in a cold place and you really miss being at the beach. Well, there's cameras for that too. You could check out the Caribbean and watch as squalls come up. Watch all the rainfall or maybe there's a sunshiny day in Hawaii. You could watch that on the cameras. You don't have to only look at the four walls that you're confined to right now. You can travel with your mind, with your imagination. You can astral project to these places if you get good at astral projection. Or you could just watch some YouTube videos of the places you wish to travel to. Let your mind soar while your body is stuck inside. That's the best advice I can give you right now. Um, I wanted to remind you that there 
is this meditation for, they want a minimum 1 million people meditating on April 4th when this huge astrological event is going to take place. We have a golden opportunity to get everything right. Now, if you haven't checked it out, you can go to my Mermaid Girl 888 channel on um, Instagram. And I did put a couple postings ago. It's bright, bright lime green and blue. You can't miss it. There's like a circle around the edges of it. And it talks about where to go to sign up or at least get on, you know, get the notification that it's time for the meditation. Now you don't have to follow along if you're not interested in that, but if you do it at the same time as a million people, your personal power is going to be not just double, but maybe quadrupled, maybe a hundredfold because we're all praying for the same things. And if we all do it in order, you know, we all do it together. We're going to do some amazing things on the planet. We will affect massive change. Now I've been talking to people all over the world. I've spoken to several people in India in the past week and they're saying it's, it's scary. We can't go out of the house. The police will not only arrest us, they'll beat us up. You know, it's just terrible. Um, one man actually I'm going to ask for you guys, if you feel the need to follow through on this, please do. There's a golden retriever named Abby who had an infection and had to take medication to get the infection out of his liver. And after he took the medicine for his liver, what happened was his, um, kidneys started to decrease in functionality because the medicine was so harsh and his owner can't go out to get medicine for Abby. So I'm going to ask if you guys will send Reiki energy, love and light, or just prayer, say a little prayer to Abby and ask that he gets completely healed and that his kidney function returns to normal. His liver's fine, but then his kidneys went. So he really needs help with that right now. So that's one person I've been speaking to, the owner of Abby. And I've spoken to people all over the world. I I, um, know somebody in the Netherlands who is an auto mechanic. And he told me that his boss and the company is forcing them to go to work every day and act as if nothing's happening. They are not allowed to wear face masks or anything that will protect them. When the public comes in, they say it's not a good look for the face of the public because this is a Mercedes dealership. And I'm like, why the hell are they selling cars still? What the hell is that about? No one should be in their cars. They shouldn't be on the road. Everyone should be staying at home. And even though all the restaurants there are closed in the Netherlands, a lot of the other businesses are not heating it. People are still buying cars. They're acting like nothing's happening. And they've already had like 1,100 people die from coronavirus. And that's a very small country. So 
I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm listening to this. I, my friend in Florida said that if he doesn't go to work, he'll be fired. Even though they're supposed to be under quarantine, they said you cannot work from home, even though he can work from home. He's got a, a computer. That's all he needs. He can, but they won't allow it. So, you know, with the threat of him possibly losing his job, he already, thank you, God had coronavirus and got better from it. But these are the kinds of things I'm hearing from people all over. Um, my friend in Detroit, Detroit's the third fastest growing coronavirus, um, city right now, um, city with coronavirus, I should say. And, uh, the cases are growing exponentially in all these places. And he told me that, you know, he's living with his niece who's going out with her boyfriend every week and without a mask, doesn't take it seriously, thinks it's BS. And he's just like, he says, I'm, I'm all up in here trying to like bleach out the house and make it safe. And I'm not going out except to walk my dog. And even then I'm wearing a mask, you know, and he's doing everything right. And then she's just going out tripsing about and then coming home. And he's like, that's my biggest risk is my niece might go get it and give it to me. And he's my age and he's scared. He's like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but people just are not taking this seriously. So if you're one of those people, please start taking it seriously. I found out that there are people they're calling, and this sounds dirty, (laughs) super spreaders who get the virus, are completely asymptomatic, and they're able to give it to hundreds of people every day, every time they leave. Like for whatever reason, they're probably breathing all deep and then (sighs) all over people. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with those people, but, um, there was a choir who in Washington, they were in a County in which no one had coronavirus yet. It was like going back a month and they, um, in the very, in the morning, they it came out that the one person in the whole County had coronavirus and they were in the hospital, no one else in the whole County. And so they decided to have their practice but they did the social distancing thing. They set their, their chairs really far apart from each other. No one was allowed to hug each other or stand next to each other. They were greeted at the door with hand sanitizer. And now three weeks later, 45 people have it and two people have died because somebody in there was a carrier, asymptomatic carrier. So anyway, um, I don't know. I want you guys to just, you know, consider it, not be afraid of it. Just go, okay, well, you know what? Maybe it is time for me to stay home and encourage every single person I know to stay home. I found some encouraging things someone sent me and I forwarded that to like 20 or 30 people today. And I started hearing from people that live all over the world that I've been friends with for a while. Someone I met in Guatemala, he's actually... Um, from Argentina and also Israel. He spends half his time in Israel, half of his time in Argentina. And um, it was really nice to hear from him. And my friend, uh, Neil, who I went to university with, he was like a brother to me. And in fact, he saw my picture, one of my modeling pictures in a magazine in Los Angeles. And he ripped out my pictures and put them up on his wall and told everyone that would listen that I'm going to marry her someday. I'm going to meet her 
we're going to fall in love. And we're getting married. And even though none of that happened, but he was at my house one day and saw my, my pictures in my portfolio. And he's like, oh my God, you like her too? I'm like, this is my, my model's portfolio. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, I mean this woman, not you. The, this woman here. I'm like, that is me, dude. That's totally me. He didn't know. He didn't know. He's like, oh my God. Oh my God. And I struck the same pose and he's like, holy man, it is you. Oh my God. I've been telling everyone I'm going to meet you and marry you and, and fall in love. And he's like, oh my God. Well, what, is there any chance of that? I'm all, hell no. You're like a brother to me, <laughs> but, but we'll be friends forever. And we have been ever since we met from the day I encouraged him to walk out of a class in, um, university. The teacher said there was two tests and each test was 50% of your grade and no papers. I'm like, yeah, you screw up on one of those tests. There goes your GPA. So this is a really crappy teacher. He's lazy. I'm out of here. (laughs) And I encouraged him to walk out with me and he did. And we've been best friends ever since, but (laughs) uh, we lost touch. And so I got back in touch with him. So You know, I hope you guys are getting back in touch with people that you didn't have a falling out with, you know, you just kind of didn't really talk to for a while. You know, people that you haven't seen in a while, people from grade school, people from the old neighborhood, people from, you know, maybe your cousins you haven't seen in a while or your aunts and uncles. Check up on people because you know what? The extroverts in your life, they're not okay right now extroverts are the ones suffering the most through this. And if you're an extrovert, you know what I mean? Especially if you're stuck in a house because you're heeding the warnings. I'm an introvert. It's not much different for me. It's frustrating that I can't just get out once a week and go to the mall and walk around and say hi to people and act like an extrovert. Cause I like to do that sometimes. Then I come home and I just hole up in my room for two days you know, just trying to get over <laughs> the too much interaction with people. But I, I miss that. And I miss walking around downtown and a lot of things, you know, that I wish I could do. I wanted to take my kid to a museum, but you know what? Now that I'm giving you guys this advice, I'm like, well, you know what? There's no law that says we can't look up on YouTube, the museum here in our own city. And you guys can do that too. Maybe someone's made a video of the Natural History Museum in Los Angeles. If you haven't been there, that place is incredible. It's one of my favorite places. In fact, now that I think about it, maybe I'll go visit Huntington Library in Southern California tomorrow. Maybe I will. (laughs) And no one can stop me as long as someone's taken a video and popped it up on YouTube. (laughs) You know, hey, why not? It's easy, it's free, and it's going to take your mind off everything. If you guys loved that old show, Community, you'll be happy to know it's back on Netflix. Thank God. My son, I just, it's like I I slept forever. I slept like 12 hours after my channeling last night. Yes, I did go. I did go over to the Andromedan galaxy and hung out with my friends. And I think I was there another 20 years. 
<laughs> I don't look any older because in our time I was only gone for like five hours again but I woke up and I was like whoa and I felt Puata with me and he said I want to accompany you back I'm all did I go I don't remember it and so he started to give me memories to like show like look we did this we did that I'm like it's freaky because my soul was in a different body my memories are in that body that they created for me and I think that when I leave that body dissipates I don't know how this works it's so strange the fifth dimension is a strange place anyway I was back in this body and he was even commenting he's like it's funny how very vastly different your body is when you're in our world when then when you're in your world I'm like yeah because you guys told me I could pick what I want so in you know in, in this world I'm five foot one and I'm a redhead <laughs> in their world I'm tall and I'm thin and I'm a brunette because <laughs> I got to pick I'm like hey I'll pick that that sounds like fun <laughs> I got to be something different that's fun for me I'm not super tall. I'm just maybe six inches taller than I am now. <laughs> but I don't know. So that was like a weird thing. But I slept forever and woke up to the sound of a massive rainstorm, lots of hail again. And when I woke up, um, I went back to sleep, woke up a couple hours later, and I got a notification on on Instagram saying here check out this this picture from one year ago today and it looked identical to how it looked out to today I'm like what this is crazy like the same exact weather <laughs> a year later and I don't I live on the equator and maybe things are equal and now I got to start paying attention to that because maybe just maybe all the super amazing sunshiny days are on all on the same exact day every year and maybe just maybe all the really crazy stormy rainy hail ridden thunder and lightning days are all on the same date every year it's quite possible that it's almost identical from year to year I do like the equilibrium here and it always seems to be an energy of equilibrium I think that's why so many people are happy here in Ecuador. There's overall, there's some very, I've, it's very rare for me to walk out the door and encounter someone who's angry. It's extremely rare. Usually it's me. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an angry person here except for myself and my child. <laughs> uh, you know, usually I'm just mad when people try to overcharge me. I've seen some angry taxi drivers. They try to overcharge. Like I've, I've had a young know, man ask me for five cents and scream at me for 10 minutes because I didn't give him five cents more than what the meter said. I'm like, show me the meter. And he's like, no, I don't have to. I'm like, well, I'm not an idiot. I know what it said. He's like, well, this is what the meter is. And, the, and then he tried to round up five cents. I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. And I gave him the last bit of money in my purse. And he's like, keep it. And he threw, because it was like five pennies, and he threw them at me. And I just started laughing. I'm like, oh my God, like you just spent 20 minutes of your time screaming at me over five pennies. 
it's the same money, it's like American money, you know, but it's like completely ridiculous, you drive me to the crappiest part of town where I live, (laughs) you think I'm rich, ridiculous, people are ridiculous here sometimes, but very rarely, it's like, like one out of like two or three hundred people that I encounter have like an anger thing. And it just makes me laugh. It's just like, yeah. And I don't even get mad anymore. I just go, well, whatever. Like, I don't think so. Call your boss. Call the police. We'll show how much I paid. We'll show. And then usually I say, well, okay, Jamal la policia. Ni importa a mí. You know, it's not important to me. I'll call the police. I'll, I'll tell them. <laughs> and then usually they go, oh, fine, whatever. They get mad. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but... Yeah, so, I don't know, it's just, but this is a good place, like, the equilibrium of it. But there's a lot of things in Ecuador I haven't seen, and I have seen videos of, like, Podocarpus National Forest, which is beautiful, but I haven't seen the museum, so now I'm telling you guys, I'm thinking, I'm going to do this museum thing myself tomorrow. There's another place in L.A., I'm trying to think, also Catalina Island, if you've never been there, no matter where in the world you're from, Catalina Island would be fun. Just to go check out some of the stuff. Check out the campground. Um, maybe someone got lucky. There's a lot of foxes. They'll come and steal your food in the campground. They're red foxes. They're so adorable. There's wild boars. There's wild buffalo. They're not really wild buffalo. I guess they're there's like ranches of buffalo there feeding the Garibaldi Garibaldi fish and the flying fish tour at night you get to see fish that have wings and they fly they hop out of the ocean and they glide along the waves for a very long period of time it's very crazy here's a place I guess someone maybe they see somebody out at night (laughs) people get arrested here after 2 o'clock if they're out Over a thousand people in the past week arrested here. Not here in this city, but in general in the the country. But times are different, but we could all travel, travel, travel. And that's what's so absolutely wonderful. You could also travel to the ice hotels. Go see that footage of all the ice hotels. And every year it's different. So if you look at several years of ice hotels, they're all going to be different. And you could take in the Aurora Borealis and just imagine... You're in Norway today, or Sweden, or Alaska. Anyway, that's my grand big idea today. My son had a really hilarious idea because it was April Fool's, and happy April Fool's Day, and I'm not telling you guys anything of fake news today like I did last year because I fooled too many people that didn't quite hear me say, by the way, April Fool's. So... I feel bad about that, so I'm not doing that this year. But April Fool's Day, this is the day my um, husband was born, my ex-husband who died. He died 10 years ago, but this would have been his birthday, so it's always one of those days where we're just kind of a little bummed. And my, um, my son's like trying to think of something to do for April Fool's, you know, like to fool each other. He put... He made this really wild sculptural art thing out of duct tape and hung it on my doorknob. So I woke up and I'm like, what? <laughs> What's that? 
And he's like, I don't know. I was trying to think of something for April Fool's. I'm all, yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden I thought about it and I went underneath the kitchen sink and I found the carnival spray. It's like this, this foam and it smells like we had one canister that smells grape and one that smells like oranges. And I, and I grabbed the canister. I'm like, I know what to do. And I went, I sprayed my son and he loves this. And he started laughing so hard and he ran the other room. It's like, why didn't I think about that? And he found his. And so we had a, a foam spray fight today for April Fool's Day. And he says, oh my God, I know the best thing to do. Oh, this is the best idea. And so he took the spray foam and he, and he said, I'm going to do graffiti on the walls. I'm like, oh my God, not the walls. And he said, okay, how about the mirror? And so he sprayed the spray foam on the mirror and he took a picture of it. And he's like, look at the graffiti I did, you know, like, I think you maybe send it to one of his friends or something. And then after like three or four seconds, it started to slide down the mirror and it cleaned the mirror as, as, as the foam slid down. So that was super funny. We were laughing. We're like, Oh, this is cool. The <laughs> fun way, super fun way to uh, clean the mirror. So maybe tomorrow I'll do graffiti on the mirror with this spray foam stuff, which miraculously smells like grape and also cleans the mirror. <laughs> It's just we're trying to come up with the funniest things and, and wildest things to do while we're bored. And for fun for Christmas, and I've done this every year since my kids were born, is I buy them Hot Wheels. So we've been thinking about getting our Hot Wheels out and having Hot Wheels races like when when he was really little. I'm like, hey, I don't care. I'll crawl around on the floor and play with Hot Wheels cars. <laughs> I am that bored. I mean, 16 days in quarantine. And it just is, I'm I'm recording this after midnight. So, hey, 17 days already. This is beginning the 17th day. (laughs) I was thinking it would be so cool if I had a battleship game. And if... I knew somebody that had the had a battleship game also, and we could play battleship over Skype. I, I was thinking that'd be super funny and wild, you know. You could make it a drinking game, you know, take a swig of whiskey or beer every time they don't sink your battleship. <laughs> I mean, I've been thinking about all these ideas, you guys, to try to alleviate everybody's boredom including my own I'm not really totally bored yet I'm glad the community's on Netflix That's that was helpful I mean my kid and I were like God there's only so many times we could watch that 70's show all the way through we've already watched that like 3 or 4 times from beginning to end Breaking Bad I've seen every episode 3 or 4 times Gilmore Girls same thing and I'm like ugh there's not a whole lot of shows I want to see again and again and again. Arrested Development, Peep Show. I don't know. If you guys haven't seen these shows, they're Breaking Bad is violent, so maybe don't watch that one, especially if you're a sensitive person. But Peep Show is hilarious. It's um, irreverent. I like irreverent, funny comedy. Um, one Day at a Time is an incredible show. 
and community is funny. There's there's some outdated jokes and some one of the characters is racist and homophobic and everyone's always pointing it out to him and he's sexist. So that that part's a little bit of a groaner to me. But it's played by Chevy Chase, so it's kind of funny. Anyway, um super old stuff just uh, it doesn't do it for me anymore like super old movies and I used to love watching super old movies, but the racism and the sexism and the homophobia and it just finally has gotten to me because it's just gotten so much worse the more awake I get as a person, I guess. Anyway, well, anyway, those are some ideas for today to help everyone out. All right, so I'm going to read our usual things today, space weather dot com today uh the solar wind is really kind of not very fast it's 428.2 kilometers per second so it's not a whole lot going on um actually the solar wind uh has been sparking super bright auras around the arctic circle and the northern lights the auroras have been seen as far south as Michigan. So if you're in the northern, if you're in Canada or the northern part of the U.S., um, maybe you might want to peek your head out the window, wear a mask, but check it out. You might want to see the auras. It's pretty cool. So we're up to sunspot number 13. Here's that number again. Oh, and I wanted to read this to you. What is 13? Because it keeps coming up, and I'm like, you know, maybe, just maybe, I was supposed to read this to you guys. <laughs> Oops, why did I read it to you already? All right, according to angel numbers, uh, the number 13, this is what it means when you keep seeing it over and over again. The ascended masters, such as Jesus, Kuan Yin, and so on, are with you helping you maintain a positive outlook. The number 13 signifies that female ascended masters and goddesses are assisting you in staying positive. Now, I don't know about you, but I also keep coming across 11. 11 has always lately been around me. So stay positive. Your thoughts are materializing rapidly. So you want to ensure positive outcomes by focusing only on the good within yourself, others, and this situation. So there you go. Those are two of the numbers that have been around me lately. And now my phone is going to be making that crazy noise. Okay. So... I thought I'd better let you guys know that because we have sunspot number 13. It is a part of solar cycle 25. So we have moved on into the new cycle. Thermosphere climate index is cold. The neutron counts are still very high. And today on April 1st, the all sky fireball network from NASA and their all sky cameras captured eight fireballs that exploded over the United States. Yet one more time, we have gotten more 
solar wind flowing out of the coronal hole opening um, that is kind of in the upper middle equatorial region of the sun and that's going to reach earth on april 4th when we are all doing that meditation to help heal the world so that's it i mean literally the 30th 31st first second third and now fourth are days in which we are expected to receive solar wind flowing our way this is a massive Ooh, I said that and I just saw something fly across my room, a white light, just streak really fast across my room. (laughs) I love when I see stuff like that, right when I'm saying something important, it makes me realize that that's maybe a confirmation. So, all right. Um, I think we are done with the weather. There's some beautiful... uh, this beautiful, um, the Pleiades and Venus are, um, in alignment right now, by the way, there's a really beautiful picture of that here on spaceweather.com in case you want to see it. It's really lovely. It's funny. I don't know if I mentioned this last night or not. And Jude wrote me and said something about Pleiades and Venus being in alignment. And I'm like, it is, I don't know. It's like, I'm having a hard time remembering one from one day to the next. I think I've been thinking inside my head so strongly and I've also been trying to just live in the moment and I'm letting go of things right when I am done thinking them. I just kind of let it go. And as a result, (laughs) I'm just kind of forgetting things and it's strange, but I feel really good. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a temporary situation. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bored. Maybe I'm just worried about this stuff. I don't know. I don't seem to be worried, but I feel like maybe on some level I am. And I heard my... I heard from my oldest kid, who was giving her own room in the shelter where she lives. So, she's able to self-isolate while everybody is under lockdown quarantine there. And she's like, I love it. I'm writing music. I'm drawing. I'm, you know, watching YouTube videos and doing research. I'm writing. She's like, I'm in my own little world over here. And and it's wonderful. And it's, you know, and, and you know, she did that growing up. So I feel like all of us introverts, we just trained for this. And all the preppers are just ready for this. There's so many people who, some from, from one way or another, they've always been ready for this. And the slackers and the potheads who didn't want to get a job and just stayed home and did nothing. We've all trained for this. You know, back when you used to call slackers and lazy folk last year. Well, this year, we are damn responsible citizens. <laughs> and yay. <laughs> all right. Uh, DisclosureDews.it, basically the only thing they have to say is 23 was the big Schumann resonance number for the day. So compared to what we've been seeing, not terribly uh, big, really. And unfortunately, HeartMath.org is again with the sorry, this data is temporarily unavailable error message. So someday soon, hopefully the magnet 
magnetometer will be available again, the GCMS, Schumann Resonance's power. So I don't know what's going on there, but hope they get it together again soon. Lesson 265 is where we are at today in A Course in Miracles. You can find the Foundation for Inner Peace at acim.org. All right. Creation's gentleness is all I see. Creation's gentleness is all I see. I have indeed misunderstood the world because I laid my sins on it and saw them looking back at me. How fierce they seemed, and how deceived was I to think that what I feared was in the world instead of in my mind alone. Today I see the world in the celestial gentleness with which creation shines. There is no fear in it. Let no appearance of my sins obscure the light of heaven shining on the world. What is reflected there is in God's mind. The images I see reflect my thoughts. Yet is my mind at one with God's, and so I can perceive creation's gentleness. In quiet would I look upon the world, but which reflects your thoughts and mine as well. Let me remember that they are the same, and I will see creation's gentleness. Creation's gentleness is all I see. super important lesson for us in what we're going through right now. Even Linda Moulton Howe was talking about this millionaire, I'm not millionaire, oh my god, million meditator. I like combined the two words made it into millionaire. Million meditator meditation. It doesn't doesn't have a very pretty ring to it, does it? Anyway, um, even she was talking about this and talking about the ascension of humanity and how this is the time for us to spiritually awaken and help others to awaken with our high vibrational energy. And Linda Moulton-Howe is a researcher and she usually speaks from a scientific mindset and even today she was talking about a spiritual thing that happened to her when she was 21 years old and she was talking about the ascension and the Mandela effect I mean really this is this is unprecedented some of the things that are going on in the world you guys I'm really excited about it so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we are going to go over 20 questions for every spiritual seeker. So if you are in a place and a position right now to get it, to get your notebook and get your pen or series of markers, I love working with markers. I like taking notes with colored pens like gel pens. Because in later I go back and read my notes and they're so pretty. All the different colors. <laughs> I'm an artistic person. I mean, I love to paint. And 
to make art. So for me, I just, it's like, I have to be surrounded by colors. <laughs> if you want to take notes, this might be a super fun one. And it basically is 20 questions for every spiritual seeker. So I want you to write down the questions and then also write down your answers. Now I'm going to write, I'm going to ask you the questions, but I'm going to give you my answers from my perspective. And maybe a year from now, I can go ahead and see if my perspective has changed. There's no right or wrong answers to these questions. It's just to see where you're at, what's your view of the world right now. And I bet that we're all going to change a year from now. This is going to be a very interesting night. So get your notebook if you can. If you're on your way to work because there's no quarantine in your area yet and you're listening to this, you can always come back and listen to it later. Maybe just listen to it now. Contemplate the questions. Gives you something spiritual to think about during the day. And then tonight when you get home, go ahead and write down the questions and your answers. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to get into these, delve into these questions right after this message. All right, so I came across this article this afternoon on matadornetwork.com which I think is a website about people who travel and I think it's many different authors and let me see if I can find the author's name of this article and the name of the article it's, it's listed under religion and it's 20 questions for every spiritual seeker now Ian McKenzie M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E wrote this on August 3rd, 2009. So it's been out for a while. I didn't even know about this website just until today. This guy, he says in his 20s, he was a, almost became a nihilist. He's an existential nihilist to be exact, he says. And he thought that life was out, was without meaning. <laughs> And he based it on the reality he saw around him. And he said he quickly realized this mentality was a deep, dark hole and decided to continue exploring other beliefs on the nature of existence. And so then eight years later, he realized it would have been interesting if he had chronicled his worldview at that time, like a spiritual diary, because he could have discovered where he came from and better understand his own personal evolution. So I'm going to call to action, not only for you guys, but also for myself. I want to do this. I'm, I'm going to tell you the 20 questions that he wrote here. Actually, they're not his questions. He says, I came across 20 questions that eloquently serve this purpose to basically explore your spiritual personal evolution. This was featured in the 2005 documentary film called One, and they were posed to various spiritual leaders of today, from Deepak Chopra 
to Ramdas to the Dalai Lama. So he says, I realized answering these questions myself would provide a snapshot of my beliefs today. And if I did this exercise again in five years, 10 years, 25 years, who knows the insight these Polaroids would provide. He says, if you will join me, dear reader, here is how. And he asks to, if you just copy and paste the questions into blank, blank document or blog post, and then basically publish your answers with as much detail as you like on your personal blog, and then leave a link to your post. Well, I scroll down to see if other people had done this and not one person did it because there was not a place for comments. So I thought that was a little bit sad because I was going to do this show and then give them a link to the show because I'm going to put my answers. But I'm going to ask you guys first these 20 questions and then I'm going to I'll probably give you a few seconds without my singing the Jeopardy theme song, so don't panic. (laughs) Kidding. I know I'm not a good singer, but that's okay. I'm good at other things. But I'm going to bring up these questions, and then I will answer my answers, just so you guys get to know me a little bit better. And But I want to encourage you to answer your own questions. Maybe write them down in a notebook or something because it's going to give you insight a year from now, five years from now. It's going to be interesting, right? All right. So he writes 20 questions for every spiritual seeker. Number one, why is there poverty and suffering in the world. So think about that for a minute. Why is there poverty and suffering in the world? All right. So if you want to pause this and write in your notebook, you can. And then you can, when you're done, come back and listen to my answer. Or if you're driving your car, just, you know, maybe think about for a minute and go back and answer the question later tonight. And you could have extra time to think about it. There's no right or wrong answer to any of these. Um, So if I'm going to ask and answer this, why is there poverty and suffering in the world? Well, I think we should break this down into two things. Okay, so there's poverty and there's suffering. I don't think that the only cause of suffering in the world is poverty. And there's a lot of different reasons why we suffer. So why is there poverty? Number one, there's poverty because there have been for 700 years, as I mentioned yesterday, um, I read someone else's words saying this, it's not my words. Uh, For 700 years, there's been this money debt slave system. So someone created a money system back in the day. You know, originally it was like seashells, you know, I'll trade this necklace for that t-shirt, whatever. Trade these boots for those pairs of pants. 
you know, people would make something and then they would trade it for something else. It's a pretty cool system. And then people got the idea to start using shiny rocks or seashells, crystals, whatever. That became money. And eventually people discovered gold dust and they made all this stuff into coins, all the metals. And and then they decided, well, if we make these coins and then I have more than you now I'm better than you and I have more power than you and it became a way for people to wield power over others because they did not realize that we all are one what you do to the least of my brethren you also do to me that's what Jesus said and that's uh, what that's the truth right the truth. So why is there poverty in the world? Because some people feel it necessary to wield power over others because they don't know we're one. That's why I think there's poverty. People that are down, uh, the people with money, keep them down so they can feel better about themselves. Now, it's not everyone who has money does this, but the people in power, in political power, I think there are people trying to change it that are in the political power and there are people that want to keep the status quo so they could feel better about themselves because they're gaining their worth based on how much money they've got in the bank. It's very sick. It's psychologically sick because it's based on literally nothing. You have more pieces of green and white paper than me. Ooh, it's paper. What the hell are we doing? It doesn't make any sense to me. And it never really has. I've tried to buy into it and try to do things with this. And I'm still trying to work within the system. I can't, you know, flash my boobs and get a house. (laughs) I can't do hypnotherapy and get a house. I can't buy a car by making a few meals. You know, the trade thing doesn't exist anymore now there are pockets of bartering different places usually it's underground and people keep it very hush hush and very secret probably because they don't want to get in trouble with the government somehow there are some communities have come up their own form of money but in the end it's still the same exact thing like you know let me trade my american dollars for chico bucks or whatever it is and then it's like okay but Where do I spend the Chico bucks? And then they trade the Chico bucks back in for money. So it's like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. I've tried to buy into stuff like that before. And I tried to get into the bartering systems. They're kind of underground. And I've, I've been a part of like the Sacramento one. I didn't have anything anyone wanted. Apparently (laughs) I listed all my stuff on the secret underground website. And no one really wanted what I had to offer. It's like I could have gotten King's tickets for, you know, hypnotherapy, but no one wanted that. So <sighs> that's a problem in a bartering system. But why is there poverty in the world? I honestly, I think it's because what are the reasons I said, um, some people do because of the system, the way it was set up in the third dimension. I feel like some people 
chose to come here as poor people to just know what that's like to make something of themselves coming from nothing and some people chose to become very wealthy just to see what that's like now I'm in my last life and I have always been um, either middle of the road or um, really poor like freezing to death because I don't have money for anything type of poor I've had several um, deaths that were because I was poor (laughs) and I haven't I don't think I've ever been a millionaire let alone a self-made millionaire in any of my lifetimes I've always been a spiritual seeker I've always been um, interested more in God than the other things but I do know that my biggest challenge in this life is to become wealthy on my own you know just and once I do that then I can let that go and then I don't have to worry about anymore but that's been my last challenge for myself I guess something I'm still working on (laughs) at this late date I'm still working on it it's not really important but it's important to know what it feels like to be on both ends of that And so, because it existed, then people decided to use that as a form of spiritual lesson. Now, why is there suffering in the world? Well, the biggest suffering in the world that I see is that we are pretending that we're not God. We're forgetting who we are, and that, that to me, is what creates all suffering in this world. Because once you realize who you are, then nothing can stop you. You're not afraid of, quote-unquote, them anymore. And I feel like some of the suffering in the world is caused by bullies and narcissists and sociopaths and people in charge who want to keep uh, other people down. And that's some of the suffering in the world. But a lot of the suffering in the world, it's just because of us. We don't know who we are. We don't... No, let alone recognize the truth about ourselves. And we choose to suffer. Our emotions every day on a day-to-day basis is based on what we're choosing every day. You know, if you wake up depressed and you go to bed depressed and you wake up with sadness and, and you hate the world and then you go to bed hating the world, you wake up hating the world and all your whole day is about all the reasons why you hate the world, you're creating your own suffering. I've seen the poorest of the poor people, children in Guatemala, you know, they don't even have shoes and they're running around laughing their heads off. They're happy as hell. Might not be eaten very much, but they're happy as they can be. And I've met people who are millionaires, self-made millionaires living in the fricking Marina Yacht Club area in LA and they're fricking sad as hell, miserable people. They expect other people to do things for them and entertain them because they're so boring as human beings that they can't even freaking create fun for themselves. They take themselves way the hell too seriously. And so I've seen very, I, I've met famous people who are suffering from emotional stuff. I've met um, super poor, quote unquote, unimportant people, even though everyone's important to God in the eyes of God. And I've seen everything in between. 
and I've seen people make themselves suffer. It's like a sickness that we have inside us, but let's get to the next one. So suffering in the world, it has nothing to do with poverty, has everything to do with how we look at everything. Once you learn how to reframe everything, you can get right back on track and you could be like, okay, cool. I'm choosing happiness, choosing to feel love and that alleviates all suffering when you realize that you are source energy and that source is love. All right. Number two, what is the relationship between science and religion? What is the relationship between science and religion? Well, you guys, that's something that I attempt to answer on this show practically every night. I think it's metaphysics, the shortest answer possible, one word, metaphysics. <laughs> so I named my show Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, six years ago. Well, oh gosh, seven years ago now when I started this um, as a radio show. What is the relationship between science and religion? I don't know. I, I'm going to just say metaphysics because or quantum physics, quantum mechanics gets pretty weird and out there and you could start to explain spiritual things with that. But okay. Question 3. Why are so many people depressed? Why are there so many people depressed? Well, I think for me, uh, people are depressed because they don't, they don't believe in themselves and they don't know who they are and they don't have a working relationship with divine. I think a lot of people who are religious tend to believe the spiritual leaders that say, you can never know God in this life. You have to meet him in heaven when you when you die. So now you just have to worship him and do your best as a person. Follow the Ten Commandments. Listen to what Jesus had to say. At least Christian religion. That's I've heard people say that. I'm like, well, I'm a mystic. I'm a spiritual mystic. You know, I'm a metaphysician. I want to know God now damn it. I do not want to sit around, you know, 30 years, 40 years, 80 years, 150 years, however the hell long I'm going to live. I'm not going to sit around and hope someday I get to die and meet God. That sounds to me very ridiculous, especially in the Christian religion where the one person that everyone listens to, which is Jesus spoke with God every day, heard God's voice every day. And then he also said, you could do all this and more. And yet people don't listen to that. You have eyes to see, ears to hear. You're going to start hearing the voice of God and you're going to start seeing the spiritual meanings behind all of the words that Jesus supposedly spoke. If you are a Christian, most people in the world are Christians. So I'm using that as the example right now. So for me, I think people are depressed because they don't have all the things that they need. They don't have all the things that they want. They want all the things they can't have. I mean, if you have magazines and catalogs in your house right now, 
you're going to be depressed because you're going to be sucked into the materialistic idea of things, 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 material items, things, and you're not going to have enough money to buy all the things you wanted. And it's going to make you sad. It's going to make you feel inadequate. You'll go down the whole long road of feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I don't have enough money. That's one reason why people are depressed. They want more than they have. They're not satisfied with what they have. They don't realize the fleeting nature of material objects. It comes and goes. Things come and go. Money comes and goes. I owned a huge storage space full of amazing stuff. I had estimated the things that I have, including my intellectual properties, to be around $1.5 million. And they liquidated my stuff without asking, without telling me, without, you know, just saying that they contacted me six times. They didn't. They sent one email and then they, they sold all my stuff out from underneath me, my storage unit people. And I couldn't find a lawyer to take on the case. You know, it's like all my stuff acquired over a lifetime, including baby pictures and pictures of my dead mother and my dead grandparents, my other dead mother and my other dead grandparents, crazy stuff like that. Like, you know, and that, that, that made me depressed, losing things that we want to hold on to, not having things that we want to get, not having the love that we want now, having that, um, sense of urgency and, the idea of having, wanting it now, 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 and not having it now, not accepting where we're at, that causes depression. When you start to let go of all the things that you had, that you lost, and you let go of all the things that you want, and you just realize that you're okay in this moment, in this second, you're not dying, you're okay. Five minutes from now, you're not dying, you're okay. And you start to realize all those things you're not going to be depressed anymore and also sometimes it's just uh, your brain chemicals are off just to be scientific about it four what are we all so afraid of I think a lot of people are afraid of an uncertain future especially today now that we're in quarantine I think we're all afraid of an uncertain future I think we are afraid of We're afraid of dying. We're afraid of, some of us are afraid of living and some of us are afraid of dying without having lived. Of course, I'm generalizing because what are we all, we all, everyone's afraid of different things. Some people are afraid of death. Some people are afraid of snakes. (laughs) Some people are afraid of going bald. Some people are afraid of taking, taking advantage of others and so they don't but they're scared they're going to you know people are afraid of what they might do people are afraid of being treated like crap so they don't get into relationships then they're afraid of dying alone so it's a big conundrum people are afraid of a lot of different things but I think the grand majority of majority of us are um, afraid of an uncertain future all right so Five, when is war justifiable? Well, when is war justifiable? Now I'm just having that song 
war is stupid going through my head. Two things come to my mind when I think about this. What, when, what, when is war justifiable? Number one, if I defend myself, I am attacked. I don't think war is justifiable unless you want to feel like you're attacked. I feel like when there's an uprising, it's because people weren't listened to in the first place. And I think putting people in a position to not have enough, forcing poverty on some people because you want to feel better than them. You know, if you're in a position of power, I think that's wrong. Not listening to people's needs. Do you know that there would be absolutely zero terrorists in the world if everybody had an equal amount of everything? resources were available to everybody freely and equally if everybody had their needs met there would be zero terrorism in the world you know so I don't feel like there's a justification for even having a war on terror or a war on drugs I feel that people wouldn't take drugs to escape their reality if their reality was wonderful already. I mean, the only reason I've ever done drugs in my life was because I wanted to explore myself. So psychedelic drugs like LSD, mushrooms, weed. And I've learned a great deal about myself. And I've um, learned how to communicate with God in new in different ways just through the use of psychedelics. Now, I don't do them all the time. I barely do anything. I smoke weed. God created it. It's a plant that will help you alleviate your stress. It's wonderful. Takes away pain and suffering. Actually cures cancer. (laughs) You know, um, at least it shrinks tumors. Takes away inflammation, and inflammation causes a lot of diseases in the world. I don't recommend smoking now with the coronavirus, but, you know, eating brownies can work, (laughs) you know, but when is war justifiable? I don't know. I don't think that war is justifiable, but if you're there minding your own business and you didn't, you're not in a position of power, nothing happened that you've hurt anyone or pissed them off. And suddenly people come to your door with, you know, pitchforks and, uh, angry faces. Yeah, you could start a war then, but they've started the war and you have to end it. But, you know, I don't think, you know, in the Quran it says, um, even if your enemies ask you for something, you must provide it if you can. If they want to come into your house to spend the night and eat your food and they ask, then you have to give that to them. Even if they're going to try and kill you in your sleep, you must always love But if someone comes to your door with the sole purpose of attacking you, you have a right to defend yourself to the death. You have a right to kill them. And because if they're going to come and kill your family, you have a right to defend your family and you will not be charged with murder from divine. That won't be your karma. It'll be their karma 
for starting something with you. So those are the things coming to my mind. And I read when, when is war justifiable? But I think overall, there should never be any war. We should anticipate people's needs before they have the, their needs and before they express their needs. Then they won't have to express themselves in another way, which leads to war. If Hitler had been accepted into art school, World War II might not have ever happened. If he had been told that he was a wonderful artist, which incidentally he was, if he had been told that he was a wonderful artist and that he could have painted for a living and made money doing that, and someday he would be famous. Uh, but instead he did World War II, killed like millions of people, and uh, stole everybody's art. <laughs> you know, was that justifiable? Hell no. None of that crap was justifiable. But was it justifiable for the uh, university to tell him he stinks, he's a run-of-the-mill artist, and he'll never amount to anything? And telling him, no, forget it? That wasn't justifiable either. Squashing someone's dreams like that. You don't know where they're going to go with it. Even if their art was, you know, average or below average or cookie cutter, it doesn't matter. They should have allowed him in the school. That's what I think. That's my personal opinion. You know, it's just like, you can't justify what he did ever, obviously, but I don't think that you could even justify what the school said to him. And I've looked at his art and it was actually incredible, way better than I could have done. So I don't know what the hell their problem was, what they were on about, but I think they freaking caused World War II indirectly. When is war justifiable? I don't know. When a madman comes to power and rises up and starts killing millions of people, I think we have a right to, we, not a right, we have a duty to stop that person. But I don't know. I still don't think it's fully justifiable. Thou shalt not kill. It's right in the damn Bible. It's in, it's in, you know, Judaism and Christianity as well as in Islam. Don't kill the. So I don't think it's justifiable. Now six, how would God want us to respond to aggression and terrorism? I think for me, um, we need to find out what the people who are the quote unquote terrorists, what do they really want? What of their needs are not being met? I think we need to come at people with love compassion and understanding before it ever gets to the level of terrorism by the way I mean you don't want people blowing up things in Israel stop trying to take people's freaking land away from them that was their land for millions of years or whatever thousands of years whatever I mean there is a whole technology out there that allows man now to create islands floating above the ocean. Look at Dubai. I think Saudi Arabia might have done this as well. They could do this in Israel. So there's a Gaza Strip 
Why can't you make Gaza Strip 2.0? That's your strip, that's my strip. Bada boom, bada bing, we got it made. We don't have to freaking blow up each other and fight with each other anymore. It's so stupid and it's been a fight for over 2,000 years. I just feel like, why can't they just freaking do that? Why can't they make a secondary Gaza Strip? Make it longer, make it bigger, make it wider. So what? I think that the best response to aggression and terrorism is to see what the people, what are they fighting about? Oh, you and your brother are fighting over this ball? Well, here, here's a secondary ball. Now you each have one. Everybody gets what they need. You know, that's what I think. That's the way I think it should be. Like everyone should have everything equal to what they want, what they need. You know, I don't think it's fair that um, some people live in massive, huge mansions by themselves when there are homeless people in the streets. Now, I'm not suggesting the homeless people come live with the person in the mansions. And the mansions, some of them are built in the 30s and 40s. Would I want to live in a huge mansion? Yeah. By myself? Sure. I'm an introvert. But, you know, so I'm a hypocrite in that, by saying that. But at the same time, um, we should try to build a mansion for everybody or try to give everybody what they need living-wise. You know, I don't need a mansion. I don't care one way or the other. I'm not materialistic that way. I just want a house with a swimming pool. (laughs) Even if it's like a one-bedroom house, I don't care as long as I have my swimming pool. It doesn't even have to be a big, huge pool. I don't even want a deep pool. I just want a place to exercise where my arthritis won't act up. (laughs) I've had arthritis since I was 14, so swimming has been on my mind most of my life. Or at least underwater aerobics, right? Okay, so, I don't know. Aggression, terrorism. Give love to people. Compassion and understanding. And figure out what their needs really are. Are there mags or there's not educational opportunities? Give them a free education. No one's going to be aggressive. That has everything they need. Number seven How does one obtain true peace? I think by letting go all of your expectations of your life. Positive or negative expectations, just let it all go. Realize that all you have is the moment of now. Know who you are. Go within don't listen to a lot of conflicting information about spirituality. More than half the people out there are just not really giving out good information. It's really frustrating. I feel like true peace comes from knowing who you truly are and having a a decent relationship with God, learning um, how to develop your telepathy, so that you can have conversations with God. So it's brought me a great deal of peace. Trusting the universe, knowing that you are in the hands of God at all times, 
and that the universe has got your back. Furthermore, all this is just a big fat illusion and who you truly are is so much more than what you think you are right now. Realizing who you are at the core of your being, your pure love and nothing else. And recognizing that in every single person around you will bring you a great deal of inner peace. So question eight. What does it mean to live in the present moment? What does it mean to live in the present moment? I feel like what it means to be in the present moment or live in the present moment is don't worry about tomorrow. Don't even worry about what's for dinner tonight if it's the morning. Don't worry about what happened an hour ago. If you have a fight with somebody, realize it was probably their ego or your ego. Battle of the wills. And you might both be right. So letting it go. If you had a fight with somebody, letting it go. And an hour later, you know, you're here in the present moment. That fight was in the past. It's no longer here. So if any unpleasantness happens, just learn to let it go. When you love people 100% filled with compassion inside your heart, then you're not going to hold a grudge for anything. Try not to judge people and focus on the past. Just You don't need to focus on the future either. Just live in the present moment. Just breathe. Hear what you hear right now. See what you see right now. By the time your brain registered it, it's over anyway. So let it go right away. Breathe again. Hear again. See again. Mindfulness is another name for living in the present moment. Number nine, what is our greatest distraction? What is our greatest distraction? I think our greatest distraction is trying to live up to an idea in our mind of what a perfect life is. When people say, I'm living my best life ever. Does it make you feel kind of jealous because you feel like maybe you're not living your best life ever? When people say that, it drives me crazy because it's like, well, wait a minute. Am I not living my best life ever? And that, that inner doubt and that inner critic comes out sometimes. And I just, well, hell's bells. What the hell am I doing wrong? You're living your, you're out there living your best life ever. And I'm just kind of. Hardly ever leaving the house. I'm enjoying my life. It's very simple. My mind inside my mind isn't so simple. I'm constantly thinking, but I don't know. I mean, what is some people say that, you know, um, I think that's a huge distraction when people say that, you know, live the best life you possibly can. 
and then shows people on freaking jet skis off the coast of their own private island where they live in their own mansion that they got to in their own yacht or by their own helicopter or airplane on their own land on their own landing strip you know you see those kind of situations and that becomes a huge distraction and then everybody says oh well I want that or at least part of that maybe I don't want any of that but I kind of want a bow maybe I don't want any of that but I would like to have money I'd like to travel more you know and our greatest distraction I think it's not really keeping up with the Joneses so much but I think our greatest distraction is looking at examples of all the things we don't have looking at people who are thinner than us richer than us younger than us better looking in our opinion than us the way that people present themselves as better than us and then then that becomes a distraction being jealous of or envious or you know I don't look at people and I don't get jealous like that I feel like good for them I'm really happy for them oh look you know she's got six pack you know washboard abs I don't think I'll ever have that but I'm glad she gave me the example it's something I can work towards and strive towards if I want but then that becomes a distraction too and then after a few minutes I realize well I'm not really needing that right like I I'm okay now someone was asking me to, to send them a picture the other day and I'm like, you know, I haven't taken a picture of myself in about two years. Maybe in the last year I took a picture, like just a quick picture when I was talking to someone and they wanted to see me. Like maybe because I dyed my hair. So I don't know, something happened. and Or maybe I was making a funny face or something. In the last year I've taken a couple pictures just in a chat and send it to someone real quick. And nothing, like I didn't send it out, to, but publicly putting out a picture of myself, it's been like two years since I have. And I feel like when I was taking selfies before, that was a distraction. Trying to look better, trying to make my life look better than it was, that becomes a huge distraction. That's a huge distraction for most of the people on the planet, I think, right now. I kind of really feel like that's one of our biggest distractions, is trying to show our lives is so wonderful on social media when sometimes it's way farther away from the truth than that. Things are falling apart, going wrong. We might be homeless, but hey, here's a meal I made, or here, hey, here's a picture. Is my hair look beautiful today? You know, or whatever. That becomes a distraction. I don't know if that's our greatest distraction, but I feel like right now, today, our greatest distraction is uh, coronavirus 19. But if the virus didn't exist and we weren't all under quarantine, which is a massive distraction. I'm having my, uh, for me, I'm honestly having a hard time um, actually functioning this past uh, four or five days. 
overall I'm happy overall I feel like this is wonderful but then I find myself a little bit anxious about an uncertain future and that becomes a distraction as well I think that the coronavirus is a massive distraction the quarantine is a massive distraction All right, question 10. Is current religion serving its purpose? Is current religion serving its purpose? I don't know, guys. Um... I think current religion is serving its purpose, but I don't think it's serving man, mankind. I don't know, like not anymore. I don't think so. Is current religion serving its purpose? Well, if the, if the purpose of religion is to keep people stuck in a spiritual moral laziness in which you just go to church every Sunday and someone tells you how to think and you don't think clearly for yourself and you don't question anything and you go through the um, motions of the prayers and you don't consider the words you're saying and you don't really feel in your heart and mind what you're saying that's what a lot of people in religion do today and I mean in every possible religion there is. You go and you say those words. You sing those songs. You shake people's hands and say, peace be with you. Before, you know, coronavirus age. Now we're social distancing. No touching hands, right? I don't know. I think that religion keeps people in certain mindsets if their people are not thinking for themselves. And it makes people feel good about themselves or doing something good for God or for themselves, for their future life, their future souls. I think that's the purpose it serves kind of keep the people in line, keeping them as sheeple. So in that way, yeah, it is serving its purpose. Now, is it really serving mankind spiritually? No, I don't. I do not think so. I don't think so. When it keeps people from questioning authority. Now, I've gone some to some churches in which they're questioning everything, and they have heated discussions, as well they should. Because you could take one line and interpret it in 20 different ways or a thousand different ways, a thousand different perspectives. And I've been in churches where they just openly debated with the pastor for hours. I loved that. And I've been to places where you're not allowed to question authority. You need to shut up, sit down and do what you're, what you're told and think what you're told. Does that serve mankind? No, not even a little bit. That does not serve anybody. So, what, 
what should be the purpose of religion if that was a question is current religion serving its purpose well <coughs> religion should bring us closer to God but I don't think it does I don't think in modern day it does it depends on where you go though um, I can't speak for Judaism because I've only gone to temples to watch people uh, marry each other I did went, I did go to one temple service with my friend who wore a um, tie-dye yarmulke which I thought was one of the coolest things ever he said, will you go to church with me or go to temple with me? I'm like, yeah, I went with him. I went with him to temple. His mom didn't want to go. And he asked me to go and he was 16 and I was like 19 or 20. And I was helping him. I was like a counselor. He was gay. And I was a counselor for him, a youth counselor. So I went to temple once. I didn't understand a word they said. <laughs> a lot of the service was in, was in, um, not in English, but I don't know. I've been to some churches where good and served their purpose and brought me <coughs> closer to God. And then others that just felt like I couldn't feel farther apart from God in this moment at the end. And I've gone to mosques that did the same thing. Sometimes I felt closer and sometimes no. In some places I felt farther away from myself even. And did that serve me? No, no. The Shia mosque in Oakland was the one place I felt, even though um, half, more than half the services were in Persian, they were in Farsi. And then, you know, when they realized that there were English-speaking people there, they would have an interpreter. So it was pretty cool that they did that for us, for my kids and I, and probably another five people that went that didn't speak Farsi and my kids even one of my kids actually started taking Farsi lessons to understand the Farsi because it's interesting way different way different than Arabic and the prayers in, in um, Islam are all in Arabic whether you speak Farsi or English to begin with all the prayers are in Arabic it's very ancient religion has a high vibration to it But, um, and by the way, Hebrew has a high vibration to it as well. And Hindi also does as well. The old, more ancient languages, especially ones that have symbols hidden in the actual letters themselves, like in Hebrew, very high vibrational. But the religion part of religion does not serve us. I just feel like it does not. Organized religion, no. Mm-mm. The mystical and spiritual sides of religion do serve their purpose. And I feel like the purpose of religion would be to bring us closer to God. To understand and know more about ourselves. But only in the Shia mosque recently, in recent years did I feel like... I'm closer to God, but when I prayed by myself, I was more closer to God than when I was in a group of people. In self-realization fellowship, every time I felt closer to God, every time I meditated with a group of people, every single time, 
it's not really a religion so much. It kind of is, but it's more of a spirituality and a philosophy. I feel like as a, as a species, humankind has outgrown religion. It had its place. It's a nice fallback position sometimes. It's a good place to meet people is in the mosque or the temple or the church. But I feel like it's our responsibility to go farther than that. And it is our responsibility to grow. And it's our responsibility to accept divine presence and accept the responsibility of opening up a dialogue with that divine presence. And if we don't, we are remiss. We're not going to grow spiritually as people unless we try and strive for that. Do we need religion to do that? No. No, you don't need religion. There's an old adage, a feminist adage that a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. (laughs) And I don't, I'd like to revise that. That people need religion like a fish needs a bicycle. I don't think we need religion at all. But if your religion is a pillar in your life and it is a support that you lean on in the scariest of times, by all means continue in your religion because there's nothing wrong with that. But don't stop thinking for yourself and don't stop striving towards having a deep and abiding relationship with divine. I think it is dangerous to get away from your religion if you rely on it. So I'm not asking you to quit your religion. I'm not telling you to quit your religion, but I am asking you to think for yourself and ask God to talk to you directly, tell you things directly. Cause there are some answers that cannot be answered by the books in the religion. You know, like if you, you want to know if you, if it's time to break up with Billy or not, you could ask God directly that. God will tell me, tell you, Hey, well, yeah, maybe he's not your one true love. Your one true love is waiting for you. But when you're in a relationship, you can't become with, you know, the person that your one true love needs, you know, God will tell you those things directly. No religious book on earth could tell me Elena moved to Ecuador and stay there. The world needs your energy to be there. To heal the planet from your perspective. And you're one of thousands. But God told me that directly. I know I'm not the healer of the world. I know I'm one of thousands of healers in the world. Hundreds of thousands of healers. And light workers. But for whatever reason, my energy needed to be here in Ecuador where I live now. And God told me that directly. God's told me a lot of things directly that sometimes within minutes is confirmed by news reports or by somebody calling me and telling me something that God just told me was going to be said. It's super helpful. So I'm asking you guys to strive towards having an actual relationship with God. 
You don't have to call God God. You can call him whatever you want. You can call him Steve if you want. <laughs> God says right now, he's like, I like the name Steve. I invented it. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> you don't have to call God Jah or Yah or Yahweh or Ra <laughs> or Allah. You could call him anything. You could call him your dad. You could call him Papa if you want. Or you could call her goddess if you want. Right. So, all right. This is 20 questions, you guys. I'm going to continue this next week because this is, this is all. I could have gone on another extra hour on these 10 questions. We will start with question 11 for next week. So these are deep though. I like these questions. These questions help me think quite a bit. Hopefully I answered them to your satisfaction. But if you came up with a different view of it, I'm sure you have. I would love to hear about it. If there's any of these things, you know, if I, if there's something I didn't think about at all, that would be nice to uh, get a different perspective. It's always nice. I'm a little distracted. There's a picture of Phil Good here. It says, Phil Good Travel. Watch this series on the Matador Network. I'm like, what? What? He has a a TV show. I don't know if this is old or new. So now I'm thinking, bookmark Matador Network. Get in shape. See what I can do by having my own TV show, too. Ha! I will not be outdone. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love Feel Good. I'm not really in competition with anybody because I'm totally unique in my approach to things. And I am me, and you are you. And I think that's a huge distraction trying to compete with other people and or competing for resources. I think that's why people start wars in the first place. But it's a distraction. It was a little bit of a distraction because I was like, wait a minute, Feel Good. I know who he is. It's pretty cool. It's a Matador network. This is cool. I never heard of this website until right tonight. Anyway, I hope you thought this was an interesting and unique conversation. I didn't even know I was going to do this until like an hour before I started the show. Maybe a couple hours before. Um, yeah, anyway. I'll be back uh, next week with... Uh, the rest of the 20 questions and that's it I'll be back tomorrow though with a totally different topic and all unique and original programming just like always so there you have it I want to ask you to make sure you mark your calendar for the 4th of April which is this Saturday at California time 745 at night if you want to call it 1945, that makes it easier for you. So see where it is in your region so that we're all meditating and praying for the same thing at the same time. There is a link on my Instagram at mermaidgirl888. If you want to go listen to the one I'm going to listen to, Shri and Kara will have a meditation that same day earlier in the morning. So if you want to do two or make a whole day of it and make Saturday your spiritual retreat day. 
That might be better. That might be a good thing. I'm having allergies. I don't know if you guys have been able to tell. I'm just kind of... <laughs> um, my God, something's outside blooming. And it's like the pollen has gotten in here or something. Anyway. Um, all right. Yeah. And please mark your calendars for July 1st. Just do a notification for yourself. I will need people to vote for me in the People's Choice Awards. But only vote for me if you believe I deserve it. Um, in the spirituality category. I'm just trying to get the word out there and trying to make a living doing my show so that I can continue to bring you guys the quality programming that I have been bringing you in the past year. Here in three months. Oh my God. I can't believe it's already April 1st. What? (laughs) I've been doing this a while now. I have more than 420 episodes already it's unbelievable to me all right well i'll be back tomorrow and i'm signing off for now thank you for liking sharing subscribing and telling everyone about the show and i'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension until next time guys peace Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.